You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. If someone you love is struggling with their mental health, you don't have to struggle alone. Call or text 988 to get resources and support from trained crisis counselors who can help you help them. 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Hope has a new number. Jesse Kelly here. If given the choice between financial stress or peace of mind, I will always choose peace of mind. In today's world filled with inflation worry, bank closures, market instability, and the current global economic environment, peace of mind is everything to me. That's why I have secured gold and silver from Oxford Gold Group. Having precious metals in your home safe or in your 401k slash IRA should be considered for your investment strategy. Simply put, it's a portfolio protection plan. Whether you are a savvy investor or you are just curious how gold and silver can help you gain peace of mind, call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Securing your IRA or 401k with real gold and silver is as easy as one, two, three. One app, one call, and you pick your precious metals. That's it. You now own real precious metals just like I do. Call Oxford Gold today and ask about exclusive free bonus opportunities. Call 833-901-COIN. 833-901-COIN. That's 833-901-COIN. This is the MLW Radio Network. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? You know, uh, <clears throat> I've been watching a lot of uh, documentaries this week. And uh, I, I was like, man, I, I would really love to talk about them on Mind and the Meanie, but like, I'm, I, I'm really bad with fucking film reviews. So I'm thinking, <laughs> like, like I watched three movies. And I'm sure if I gave a review of one, I would give parts from different movies for like the one. So I want to maybe, you know, pitch an idea for the Mind and the Meanie. Meanies are shitty movie reviews. <laughs> the movies aren't shitty. Just the reviews, because um, yeah, I, I just like it's like oh yeah, and then this guy did that thing. Uh, which guy? I don't know. I don't know. It's just <laughs> a fucking guy. Does he, he did that fucking thing? But uh, yeah, I watched uh, what I watched this week. The the Tinder Swindler, uh, which everybody's fucking raving about. The Tinder Swindler. Yeah, this fucking dude uh, met women on Tinder. And be presenting himself as this uh, guy who worked in the diamond industry, that his dad was the king of diamonds and he was the diamond prince and all this stuff. 
And he did this to like woo over this woman and he's flying around on jets and all this other stuff. And this turns out to be this like huge Ponzi scheme. Whoa. Whoa. Spoiler alert. Um, I don't really want to give too much away because it's still kind of new. Yeah. And uh, I'm watching people talk, like finally discovering it online. And I'm like, dude, if you watch Tindler Swindler, uh, let me bring up the name. There's, a, there's a, we watched this back to back. We watched Tindler, Tinder Swindler, and we watched uh, the Puppet Master hunting the ultimate con man, and that's like Tinder Swindler, just dark. It's like, oh, wow. there's a lot, like a lot of. How do you get away with like, like I watch these people, like these con men, just like convince people to do this shit, like uh, the Puppet Master, the, the guy fucking convinced. This girl, this teenage girl, leave college and move around the country with him for like ten years, and wow. got off all communications from her family, and the government had to get involved to uh, hunt them down and rescue the the daughter. He convinced the one other kid to drop out of college. Tells friends that he had terminal cancer and he was just going going about to uh, see the country before he dies as his cover for just going away so nobody would come look for him and all this stuff. So it's like, it, it, it's insane. It's insane. Like, he's like, oh, I, I, he, well, he told him he was uh, like a government agent, like MI5. Terminal like, cancer, know, dude? Yeah, he convinced them to, to tell these people that. And, you know, people just assumed he died, you know, just because, you know, I'm good, you know. How much? I don't have much to live, so I'm going to uh, go about the countryside and see the country before I die. And then, like out of sight, out of mind, people just assumed he went off to die. But he's traveling with this guy who says he's MI5, and you got to—they're searching for uh, bombers and all this other this goofy shit, moving from house to house, pulling scam to scam, you know, and using them as a as a you know marks or whatever, but. Yeah, if you if you get, we watch Tinder Swindler, and then watch the Puppet Master one. Oh my God, it just makes you wonder. It's like, look, I can't you know convince myself to take the trash out on trash night. This guy's convincing people just give over hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just <laughs> honestly, dude, like I literally my trash can sat in front of my house for two days, and I'm going, yeah. oh, I don't want to fucking get them right now. How does somebody orchestrate? Something like, or I mean, even like, think about Firefest. Have you ever seen a documentaries about Firefest? Yeah, I oh, watched both of them. They're, yeah, the two. Back. Which one did you like better? Did you like the Hulu one or the Netflix one? Uh, the Hulu one had the actual guy who did the the con, right? I think it was. I think I think that was the right one. I thought they were both. I mean, decent. Now they're well. I mean, just the the fact they were able to pull that off, just to, to convince people. Um. Oh, and there was this other one, man, where this guy was like, uh, uh, here comes the shitty re movie review. Uh, I need that Sam Kreps button right now, man. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's time. shit. Uh, I, here's the thing. I watch so many documentaries back to back to back to back to back. Like, by the time I get to the third one, the first two are like already <laughs> erased from my memory. <laughs> I'm like Kelly Bundy on uh, the uh, the game show. You know, you, you introduce a new piece of memory into yep. the into the machine, and something else has to go out you know, <laughs> of the brain. But uh, yeah, these, I, this these document there's like there's one on Netflix. A guy was like, uh, 
he's talking people into, I can't remember. It's like a, he was like renting out office spaces or something like that. Like the, this, I'm going to, you know, I'll save it for next week. I'll, right. I'll bring it up. We'll but like up. Yeah. Just how, how these people are so convincing to get people to just give them money or start businesses and, you know, fire fest. And then, you know, the, the, we are, it's like, we are something, something, the other one, but like hundreds of thousands of dollars, just, you know, the Tindler swindler, the, the, he, 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 he was work. He, he was conning the one, you know, one person with the money of the previous person that he was conning. So he would go into the next person, and he would con the next person with the money from the the person he had just conned. You know, oh uh, my my card's not working. Can you send me two hundred thousand dollars? My enemies are after me, and all this stuff. Like he had this, you know, whole guys that you know, being the Diamond King. There's people who are following him, and you know, trying to get his information and. You know, they had to shut down his you know, social media for a little bit and all this stuff. And what you don't know is they're using the the WhatsApp. So the WhatsApp is, you know, saving all the recordings and photos and everything. So these women just, the, the main two women uh, went to uh, the press. And so here's the access. And, you know, they used all that stuff for the documentary. And it's just like mind-blowing. You know how this you know guy could just do it. He's like renting Lear jets and flying all over the world. It's like, oh my god, it's insane. I I can't even like I legit like I I have a hard time when I watch these shows because I can't wrap my mind around legit like what you're saying. Like I can't wrap my mind around how someone is able to not only set something up like this, but then execute yeah. it, right. Like again, yeah. like going back to the fire festival. Like imagine setting that up. And pushing it with fucking Ja Rule of all people, right? Like, of, with like of all people in the entire world, this guy fucking conned Ja Rule into helping him put together this festival, and then they show up with fucking FEMA tents, like on an island that's completely deserted. Like, I just can't feeding them bologna sandwiches. They weren't even bologna; they were cheese on on bread with lettuce and tomato. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck? And these people paid thousands and thousands of dollars to this guy. I watched this one yeah. called um, McMillions. Did you watch that one? The the McDonald's yeah, tickets. Yeah, that one was wild. I could not believe that like, I was in, just shocked that someone was, a, I mean, it, was, it seemed like it was like a mafia scam, scam or something. One, it was like some Felt guy that it. was in the mafia or <laughs> it was like loosely affiliated with the mafia was basically running a scam inside of the place with these guys from McDonald's and one of their guys was involved on it. Or they yeah. were like, there was some kind of crazy, if you've never seen it, seriously, it's it's wild. We watched that one um, like right at the beginning of the pandemic. Like, uh, it was like March yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, I was about to say that. We like, because we binged so much at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. That was like one of the first things we watched all the way through. And it's just like, they get you. Yeah. Because they, they, they hit you with the line right at the end of the one episode. And then, they, you know, you're like, oh, well, I got to watch the next episode. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, beginning of the pandemic, we definitely watched that one. I still, I still haven't watched the new season of, uh, or has the new season of Tiger King come out yet? I kind of fell off with that. I kind of, you know, it's just like, uh, like I, 
you know, the guy was like a sleazy, like, you know, I mean, it was a, he did run wrestling shows, but he was so, it's just like, I, I couldn't, I, I was enamored at first, and then it was just like, eh, you know, <laughs> they came out with part two, and you're just like, all right, enough of this fucking guy. Yeah, you know? I watched, I mean, we watched the, the, the first season, I guess, all the way through, and, uh, it was like, all right, you know, like, this is fucking crazy. And then it just kept getting crazier. And then by the end, I felt like I needed a shower because I just felt so gross, you know? And yeah. then it was like, oh, season two's coming out. I'm like, oh, right, cool. Like a throwback to like, you know, 2020. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to see this. <laughs> yeah. I think my interest is completely dwindled on this. Um, yeah, you, you got me with the first one. You could have left that like that. We could have had all the memes and all the funny stuff, but then they tried to overcapitalize on it. Yeah, it, get, it got yeah, a little like, bit too much. Like there was a certain level that was like, ah, okay, we're we're pushing this a little too hard now. Yeah, it was so. like Caddyshack too. I was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> Caddyshack uh, too. <laughs> probably one of the worst sequels ever. Oh my god, fucking, that movie's fucking terrible, man. They, uh, fucking who'd they get to replace the Rodney Dangerfield role mm. um, well Chevy Chase was in that one too right but, no Dan Aykroyd was that's in it. it let me see I'm pulling it up right now also shout out to the pod squad I, yeah. uh, Vanessa has informed us that it indeed has come out um, uh, season 2 of Tiger King and I still haven't watched it uh, so yeah so Chevy Chase was in it and Dan oh, was he? Dan Aykroyd let me see. Uh, I'm trying to find out. Ted Knight had died two years earlier. Oh. And uh, Chevy Chase did agree to appear, but Dangerfield backed out of the film because he didn't want, he thought it was going to basically shit the bed, which it did. Um, which is funny because, like, when they say when Rodney Dangerfield was recording the first Caddyshack. He was like really insecure about his performance because he's used to being on stage and having immediate feedback. Where when you're filming a movie, people aren't allowed to laugh. Yeah, they have to react like in the scene. the The audience watching at home or in the theater, they're allowed to laugh. So he was like, "Hey, am I am I doing okay? Nobody's laughing." They're like, "They're not supposed to laugh, Rodney." And, and once he got over that initial, oh, okay, yeah. Then he just like let it rip, and then you know, um, you know that it became the classic. It is, you know, Rodney made that, and I don't think even Rodney was supposed to have that major of a part. But just the way his filming was going, his life, they kept like adding stuff for Rodney to do in that movie. It looks like I think it was Jackie Mason who replaced, yeah, um, what's his face, uh, Dangerfield. But they, I'm like reading about this now because I'm like <laughs> looking at this, and it's like, um. Harold Ramis said that the movie was terrible. Um, right. He said the studio begged me to do it and he said he hated it and it was just this terrible script and and he was just like, don't do this. Why don't we let it die? Um, Chevy Chase said to the film's director, he goes, call me when you've dubbed the laugh track because the cast hated the film so much. So like the cast hates the film, the director hates it. <laughs> like why just, what a shit show, man. Never. I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. No. No, once I realized... Rodney was in it. I, I I gave no shits. Nope. Uh, that and uh, well, there was shitty sequels. Slapshot Two was kind kind of shitty. Yeah. No, it was shitty. Well, I'm out. There's no kind of about it. Uh, the Major League Two was actually pretty good uh, as far as sequels to movies. Yeah. Yeah. Surprisingly, I'm trying enough. to think. Of, I thought that was yeah, pretty solid. The best thing about Major League Two is. Uh, 
Wesley Snipes backed out because he wanted to become an action star. So they took his character in the movie, Willie Mays Hayes, recasted it, and they're like, well, what you do in an off-season? And they <laughs> had his character film all these, uh, they, they showed the movie trailer for a movie he shot with Jesse the Body Ventura, you know, like, an, you know, how he was an action, action star in the off-season, kind of taking a shoot jab at, you know, Wesley Snipes yeah. for uh, backing out of the movie. So it was a kind of like a... a, a, a a really cool, like a wink and a nod, you know, uh, you know, fuck you, Wesley, kind of thing, you know. Here's another one of my one of my favorite, or one of my like, I guess favorite what if stories in movies is uh, Ghostbusters. So there was a lot of like cast changes and shit that happened between like the beginning of the movie and when because John Belushi, I believe, was supposed to play the part that Bill Murray ended up playing. I think that was who was who it was written for, and then Harold Ramis's role was actually supposed to be played by Chevy Chase. So yeah. like, I think they all backed out. I said, well, obviously Belushi died uh, before they started filming. Um, and then Eddie Murphy actually was supposed to play the part of Winston. And yeah. he was in negotiations for that role and dropped out so he could do Beverly Hills Cop. But so it's like, you know, we kind of, yeah. we won on both ends, but like, I still would be like, oh man, could you imagine if Eddie Murphy had been, you know, Winston in freaking yeah. Ghostbusters. The that role would- of- the role apparently was supposed to be way larger than it ended up being, be- or it, or it was one? supposed what? to be. It was smaller than it ended up being. Um, that it was supposed to be Winston. Um, there was oh, a whole okay. backstory about him being like a Vietnam vet, and like they had this whole thing written, and then a bunch of it got cut like at the last minute, which is kind of lame. But I feel like they have you seen the new one yet? Uh, no, but uh, I want to. Oh man, I want to. So good. Uh, yeah, and that was another movie that had a good sequel. Ghostbusters Two was really good. Um. A little bit. Here's how nuts I am. Um, for the longest time, I refused to watch Ghostbusters two because the logo on the sleeve had the ghost holding up the uh, the two symbol, which took me ruined my you know uh, you know uh, was it the uh, believability you know the the the, the disbelief. Oh, it broke know? it broke kayfabe for you, if you will. It broke kayfabe. It broke that fourth wall where they're running <laughs> around with suits on with the two symbol on it. I'm like, come on, what's the two for? I mean, <laughs> are they? T- now I know I'm watching a movie. <laughs> you mean this isn't a documentary? Um, but no, but then I, you know, I got I got over myself, right? Uh, my smart markness and uh, watched it and I actually enjoyed it. Ghostbusters yeah. 2 was was really good. Um, if you're a diehard Ghostbusters fan, uh, my friend Tommy Avalone helped produce a uh, documentary called Ghost Heads, uh, which is, I, it might still be on Netflix, but uh, it talks to like diehard Ghostbusters fans, talks to, uh, I want to say uh, Ivan Reitman, Oh no shit! You know, uh, they talked to a bunch of people from the movie as well, but it's a really good documentary. They show the the people who are like the hardcore die diehard Ghostbusters fans. It's called Ghost Heads. Definitely oh, yeah. check it out. Yeah, it's right here. It looks like um it uh, Dan Aykroyd, Ivan Reitman, Sigourney Weaver, and Paul Feig were in it. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. My boy Tommy does a lot of good documentaries now. And, oh yeah, uh, here he is, Tommy Avalon. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he he's been on the podcast. We had him on for uh, the Bill Murray stories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He did yeah. the the Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, man, my yeah. fa- my favorite, and I, I'm sure he's probably heard this one. He probably talked about it. Um, the Bill Murray one where he's at the bar, 
And uh, he reaches over and grabs somebody's French fry and he picks it up and looks at the person he eats. He's like, no, no one will ever, ever believe you. Well, here's the funny thing is he decided to do the documentary because I told him a Bill Murray story, but I told him the story the wrong way. Oh. Uh, which is funny, which adds to the, because we, we filmed, uh, he wanted to film he wanted to recreate me tell him me telling him that story for the documentary. Uh-huh. Cause I told him the story at McCusker's, so let's film it at McCusker's. And uh I told the story as I'm telling the story, Doug the bartender from a Dougie from McCusker's goes, You're telling the story the wrong way. It, it, it didn't happen this way. I told the story where the you know, the guy's, you know, at a urinal and he, you know, Bill Murray puts his hands over the guy's eyes and says no one ever believe you and walk out. Apparently, th- that the story I told was even wrong. But <laughs> but but that adds to the allure of you know you know it's kind of like telephone. You know you tell the story so many times. You know a key piece changes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the, the yeah there, there's the French fry story and then you know the, him just showing up at a kickball game, <laughs> which they had they they found a lot of people who told stories and actually had actual footage too, which is really cool. But, he uh, uh, he photobombed a wedding recently, or a couple maybe it was probably actually it was probably closer to ten years ago now. But he was in New York City and there was a bride and groom taking photos and he just walked up and was like, "Hey, did, how's it going?" Actually, <laughs> Holy shit! Actually. Actually, that was in North Carolina. Oh, that's what it was, North Carolina. Yeah, and I only and well, and I only know that because I watched the documentary. Not, I'm not some. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> well, uh, uh, Adam, uh, I, I have to let you know. Excuse me, Mister Barnyard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, no, seriously, like, uh, and he talks to the in the documentary to talk to that couple, wow. and they're like, you know, we're, we're sitting here posing, and right over the photographer's shoulder, we're seeing Bill Murray. And we're <laughs> they were so distracted in their own photos. They're like, "Please, you got to come in." And they show the photo. You know, he, he sits in with him and poses with him. That's crazy, man. <laughs> he goes to a bar in in Texas. You know, and this so, shows up and starts bartending. Yeah, and he was only making and, people like rum and cokes or something, right? Like if it's like one some, gin and tonic or rum and coke or something. Yeah, something like that. And then they're like, "Hey, we're having a a house party. You want to come?" And he comes in and sits in with the band. <laughs> So the cops come knocking at the door and, you know, Bill Murray answers the door and the cops are like, oh, all right, just uh, please turn it down a little bit. (laughs) Just like all these great stories that are captured in the documentary from people who lived them and a lot of them had the uh, the footage to show it, you know, Bill, you know, playing tambourine or playing drums or, you know, shit. That's crazy, man. Absolutely insane. I love it, man. Yeah. But uh, you know what else is insane, Meanie? As a transition, James Harden is now officially a part of the Philadelphia 76ers. Who would have thought? Sports Illustrated reporting that the Rockets traded former, and or no, the Nets, I'm sorry, traded uh, former MVP to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons. Peace out, dude. Yeah. Peace out. Um, yeah, they got, a, they got rid of a few. They, they traded Ben. I forget who else they traded, but... You know, the, the the talks were coming along like, you know, uh, we're going to, they're, you know, somebody broke the note stories that the Sixers and the Nets were heavy in negotiations for a Harden Ben Simmons trade. I was like, please don't trade Maxi and please don't trade Thibault because there are two young guys who I think it, you know, carries 
really well into the future. Right. There's there's some about Maxi on the Sixers that I love. He's like a spark plug. He's just like got this energy. You know, you just yeah. watch him play, and you're like, man, that guy loves loves what he's doing. You know. So I don't. You know, if we're gonna get rid of Ben Simmons, which I really want it to happen. Uh, you know, I'll drive him to the fucking airport. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't want to lose those two pieces. So I'm sitting on my couch and I'm, uh, I'm going through, I'm, I'm going through my feed, my Twitter feed. And all of a sudden there's the, 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 the thumbnail, you know, NBC sports, Philadelphia, the yep. deal is done. And it's Harden wearing a Sixers Jersey. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, I, I'm like, please. Please, hopefully, yeah. And I, and I read who we sent with Ben to there. And so I was it's, like, yeah, it's Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and then two first round draft picks. And then we got James Harden and Paul uh, Millsap. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of bummed we lost Drummond. Yeah. Because he, uh, you know, when Joel, you know, sits out for like a, a play or two, that's the guy who comes in, the big monstrous guy, you know, Drummond. But uh, you know, we we got Maxi and we still have Thibault, so I was relieved with that. But uh, <laughs> and you listen to sports talk radio. I immediately, you know, because I'm a sports talk radio junkie, start listening, and they're playing, they're playing the, the the sound clips from up in New York, and they think they got the steal of the deal, and it's just like, oh, it's just like waiting to sit around. It, I'm I'm waiting. I'm going to wait, and I'm going to sit, and I'm going to watch these Nets fans watch Ben Simmons play. It's going to be like watching a kid realize there's no Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> just because, I, I, dude. I've 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 been through the years of Ben Simmons being intentionally fouled by the other team because they know he can't throw a free throw. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, the, the the breaking point last year in the playoffs was he had a, he had he was underneath the basket with a clear dunk. He could all he had to do was jump up and dunk the ball, and he passed it. What's wrong no, with the, this guy? Like, it, well, here's what's wrong with him. Um, I'm no doctor. Uh, <laughs> now it's say time for Doctor Meanies assessment. <laughs> but it's, but what's, what's I'm not a doctor, but I stayed at Holiday Inn Express last night. Um, <laughs> Um, now here's what's wrong with Ben Simmons. And, uh, this is something I learned from, uh, Matt Riddle. Uh, cause he talked about, you know, how some people train, you know, uh, uh, trans, you know, transfer from one line to the UFC or they, you know, they go, they go from practice, you know, they go to practice, but once the bright lights are on you, yeah, some people, and when the, the bright lights and the cameras are on, some people thrive in it, and then there's some people just shrink. Mm -hmm. So Ben Simmons might have been great, you know, through college. You know, he's from Australia. He did great in Australia. Came over here, played in college here. You know, he he was he was babied. You know, you know, handpicked coaches, all that stuff. So he gets to the you know the big leagues, the NBA, and the, when the you, know, you get to the playoffs, where the eyes of the world are on you. You either thrive or you, you know, you you thrive in the light or you shrink in the light. Once yeah. the, you know, and he just shrunk. He couldn't handle the uh, the pressure. You know, you know, uh, and you know, you know the the coach before him, you know, just coddled him because you know we were that was we were in the, the process years, the tanking years. Yeah, 
so uh, you know now we got you know Doc Rivers in who oh yeah uh, is it yeah, who dude. isn't going to well here's the thing Doc Rivers kind of covered for Ben for a couple of years you know and you know he you know people were critical of Ben and Doc Rivers was like oh you guys don't know what you have you know you you should you know cherish having Ben Simmons and then the the last set of playoffs when Ben didn't dunk that ball. And the, and the Sixers got eliminated. And they're like, is Ben Simmons on the team next year? And Doc River goes, man, I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Now, I'll, I'll say this. A lot of the Sixers' problems last year rides on Doc River's shoulders, too. Because yeah. he's yeah. the well, king he's the coach. of... Uh, yeah, he's... No, but he, like, he has a history of blowing leads as a coach. Mm. and Because they should have beat the, the Atlanta Falcons. Right. But, you know, they were... There's, you know, some games they're up 30 points and they blew the game. How do you, how do you, what, you know? But a lot of it rode on Doc Rivers' shoulders too, but Ben Simmons didn't help the, the cause. You know, sometimes the players can bail out a coach, you know. You know, if you got enough talent, you know, good enough players can bail out a bad coach. Right, but, uh, right. Ben, ben, ben Simmons was just so bad. You know, he, okay, he's good defensively, but... As soon as he gets the ball, the other team knows they can foul him because when he goes to the free throw line, he's not going to make a single one. <laughs> so it's, it, it was very frustrating. And um, just the fact that, you know, when they announced the trade, it was like, I can imagine, the only feeling I could probably equate it to is a, a landlord winning a case to get rid of a squatter. Just, yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, this, this guy's sitting here. He's not doing anything. He's not, you know, contributing. Get him the fuck out of here. Honestly, <laughs> man. My- and especially with all the shit with the vaccine stuff and like all that other crap. It's just like, dude, you just, you're, you're, just get the fuck out of here, man. We don't need this shit. Yeah. We don't, just, just get out. Just go fucking, go somewhere else and tank their team. So. Yeah, dude, dude, I am going to, well, here's the deal. Uh, I'm sure people from other cities, other, other countries are enjoying us talk Philly sports. But uh, if you are, if you want to watch, Old school wrestling heat. Why uh, March tenth, Ben Simmons and the Nets are coming to fucking Philly, and the tickets are already get, like the nosebleed seats are going for two hundred dollars a piece. Whoa! Holy shit, dude! So, if you want to watch like Thunderdome type fucking heat, <laughs> not WWE Thunderdome, right? But like Mad Max Thunderdome. Thunderdome. Fucking kill him, kind of heat like Roman Coliseum uh, heat when Ben Simmons comes back to there. There's there's I think there's a prop bet out there whether he even makes the trip to Philly or not. I uh, like, I feel like that's going to be another like Philadelphia legendary story. It just already in in writing. It's going to be JD Drew all over again. Yeah, when he if if he shows up, if he yeah. shows up. Because I don't if think that he is will. his real name. Yeah, no. if that is your think real it. name. Yeah, uh, he ain't coming here. He's not coming. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, Ben Simmons. Yeah, good riddance to bad rubbish. Uh, speaking of rubbish, unfortunately, uh, I got to give a shout out to Pod Squad member Liam Savage, who is stuck in quarantine right now. Oh uh, man, his brother. It looks like his brother is sick, and uh, we wish you both the best, gentlemen. Hoping a quick recovery for everybody. So glad you are joining us uh, here. This lovely morning here. Uh, shout out to Liam Savage. Uh, hopefully, you uh, aren't getting hit with it too bad. Uh, like I tell everybody, you know, 
drink some electrolytes, drink a lot of fucking Gatorade and Powerade and shit like that. And just stay uh, hydrated and just yeah. flush that shit out. Not that, not that it's a cure, but it's a, it'll help you get through that. You know, when uh, I got my shots and got boosted, you know, you kind of, they say you kind of feel the effects of COVID. So it's just like, oh, yeah. Thank God, I, you know, I was just drinking Pedialyte and Gatorade all day. So yeah. shout out to the pod squad for joining us. We have a, we have a full chat room here. Yeah. We got a lot of activity uh, going on here. I love it. Um, Andrew uh, Bailey saying, yeah, Simmons will never play in Philly again. Maybe if it's the playoffs, but he ain't showing up. I think you're correct, pal. I don't think I'm he's at, coming well, back. Well, that's the thing. The, the Sixers and the Nets are more than likely going to face each other in the playoffs. You mean he's going to take a playoff game off because he doesn't want to play in Philly? I don't know, man. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that. I'm sure that. I'm sure Brooklyn will uh, appreciate that. You know. Yeah. I. Uh, I. I don't know, man. I. I'm curious to see. I'm excited to see James Harden. It looks like he's not going to play until Tuesday. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this, uh, he's not going to. They said at least until then. So now, here's how. Uh, here's dude. I was driving up 95. Like uh, I hear the announcement. We got Harden. Sorry, this is sports talk. I had to run some errands. I'm driving up 95. And on 95, they already had to build electronic billboards. The beard is here. Yep. There's one down here on 30, too. I just saw it uh, the other day coming home for like literally right after the trade. It's all the white beard and the, you know, the design. Yeah. Shit. yeah. The, the, the cool. I, 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 I tweeted at them, please make that a t shirt. You know, <laughs> they have to, man. But listen, Meanie, I got some exciting news. I got some exciting news for us, pal. Yes. Our friends at Manscaped, they just launched their fourth generation performance package. This ultimate package includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. The 4.0. The leaders in male grooming have done it again to make your grooming game the next level. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the new performance package 4.0 by going to manscaped.com right now for 20% off plus free shipping with using the promo code MINI20. And MINI, I got to tell you, using that regular razor to trim up little John on the east side, boys, is like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute strapped to your back and putting it on while you're flying. Let me tell you something. It's never a good thing to nick your nuts while you're shaving them or right around the shaftal area. You definitely don't want to do that, which is why Manscaped is here to help. Meaning, how has Manscaped helped you not nick your balls? Before Manscaped, it was like running through a gauntlet of razor blades and then canning balling into a, a pool of rubbing alcohol. Uh, <laughs> My God, it's so awful. Manscaped, but now with Manscaped, uh, everything's awesome. Their, their technology is great. Uh, the, the, I, the thing I love about their the the, the the Clippers, it's so quiet. Yeah. You know, before you know, back in the day when you try to trim up and you're using the you know the big Clippers you use for your you know your head. You know, it would sound like you know you're using a, a literal lawnmower, but with the lawnmower 4.0, it's ironic that it's so silent. Yes, you know, and and the light, and you know, so you could see and all that good stuff. But I love all their products. They gave me the body wash, the uh, two-in-one shampoo conditioner. Uh, I love the foot spray. I keep talking about the foot spray, but hey, I was born with Fred Flintstone feet. You know, take a nice shower at the end of the day. You know, and then get in bed and spray the feet with the, their green tea uh, foot spray, and uh, I'm in heaven. Yeah, dude. Know. 
They're, uh, it's fantastic. All of the products are going to be contained in this performance package 4.0 by Manscaped. It has arrived, and oh man, it is worth the wait. Inside this package, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, the crop reviver toner, the performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies, not those goodies, but all the things that you'll get from Manscaped. Uh, their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock and give you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when you need a more precise shave. Did I mention, Blue Meanie, that this trimmer is also waterproof? I don't know that's if I a, mentioned that's that, amazing. but I'm mentioning it no, right now. And if you thought that was good, but you want to take your grooming game even further to the next level, the 4.0 also features the weed whacker to chop the worst weeds up top in your nose and your ears. Seal the deal as well with Manscaped's liquid formation, their crop preserver ball deodorant. Before you leave the house and the Crop Reviver ball toner for a mid-game ball check. Speaking of basketball, <laughs> trust me when I say this, fella, Fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Get 20% off plus free shipping by using the promo code MEANI20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code MEANI20 at manscaped.com. Your balls have been through enough this past year. Treat them with the best tools for the job at Manscaped. Wow. Slid right in there with the music, pal. I like hit that. Hit the post. Yeah, hitting the post, man. That was good stuff. <laughs> thank you to our friends at Manscaped again for sponsoring the program for us this week. And thank you to the pod squad, as always, for joining us. Yes. I, I, thank you to Manscaped and the pod squad for keeping the lights on. That's right. The mind of the meanie. And if you want to join us, early while we're recording the show and watch our beautiful faces record this, you can go to patreon.com slash mind of the meaning and become part of the pod squad today. We have multiple tiers. We would love to have you join us for the recordings. Um, I, uh, I love the idea of doing your meanie shitty movie reviews. I'm like stuck on it. I can literally hear like yeah. <laughs> the slowed down music for, for Sam's read on it. I can't, I can't wait to do that, dude. And now, Meanies is shitty movie reviews. The movies aren't shitty, just the reviews. Just the reviews. Send I can see, I can see, I can see the, uh, us doing clips for uh, like the YouTube <laughs> channel and stuff like that. So yeah, this guy did this thing, and uh, oh man, was it funny? Oh man, it was great. It was super. Yeah. I mean, who was it? Oh man, I don't know. I can't remember his name. Wow. Oh, oh, that guy. Yeah, what yeah, an that asshole. Dude. It's yeah, like talking. To, it's like talking to Courtney. She's the same way. I just watched this commercial with this guy and. It was he did this yeah. thing and I'm like what thing? Like, what? There's so many Pro things. Pronouns, right pal. Pronouns. <laughs> Who's we? God damn it, Courtney. We're talking about <laughs> pronouns, pal. <laughs> Jesus, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Liam's actually wearing the Manscaped boxer briefs right now. I love it. Look at the Pod Squad taking advantage of this stuff. It's fantastic. Manscaped.com slash or Manscaped.com promo code meaning twenty. I know. I know. We just finished the ad, but seriously, the, the bag they give you to carry all your stuff in. Is it looks like it would cost like a hundred bucks? Wow! Like it, it's this nice leather bag that's like it looks really cl all their products look classy. Yeah, you know it's just we we get it manscaped what it's for all that thing and they could have easily went the chintzy route and just been like 
balls. No, but like all their products looked real. There's they look sleek. They look classy, and uh, you know they they work really well. Yeah. You know, I I love the ear and nose trimmer. You know, because I'm getting to that age. You know, you know. I, I mean, it was once once in a while. You know, when I'm shaving the face, I got to do the uh, little unibrow gimmick. You know, but <laughs> with uh, Manscaped now, I got the uh, nose and ear trimmer, and I belong to the club where every like three months they send you replacement blades. Oh wow! So uh, I just replaced the blade in my uh, ear and nose trimmer, which for me is is quite as an accomplishment because mm-hmm. me with technology is like uh, it's like Zoolander when they're trying to get the files out of the fucking computer and they're just fucking banging on it like a couple <laughs> you know, Neanderthals. You know, that's but, funny, uh, man. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. They they sponsor our show. Yeah, they we we read what they tell us. But I actually use the we use the products and believe in them. Yeah. I, I use a day. Oh, I'm I'm 48 going on 49, so I got to use that ear and nose trimmer almost daily. Yeah, <laughs> I'm but, starting uh, to get there, dude. I gotta I gotta check it out like every every couple of days in my nose. I'm like, why are these growing so fast? It's insane. Yeah, it um, looks like a mine looks like a fucking straw man, you know, straddling a fence. It's just <laughs> I sneeze and it's like two party favors. Just like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't get to mention uh, my gimmick. I didn't mention uh, you know button and a fur coat, but here it is. Yeah. Um, I'll break. I'll pick you through the bushes. Breaking news, apparently. Wait, that was too low. Let's try that again. Breaking news on the show. Jason Kels is going to be uh, returning next season, according Thank to God. Pod Squad member Andrew Bailey. I'm looking it up Thank right you, now, Andrew. dude. Good, dude. If, if if there was ever a man crush, it's <laughs> Jason Kelsey. He, like, he he talk about talk about a guy who's embodied the spirit of a city. Yeah, and uh, I know this isn't like. Uh, sorry, folks for. He's outside Philly, and we're turning, this, <laughs> we're turning into 94 WIP here. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, when the Eagles won the Superb Al yep. a couple the years big, ago. The big game. Yeah. When they won that a couple years ago, people outside the city didn't know what to make of Jason Kelsey because he was, he was wearing a mummer's uniform going down the parade route, and he gave that epic speech. But good Lord, talk about a guy who's embodied the spirit of the city of Philadelphia. Uh, when they won the Super Bowl, or the Super Bowl, sorry. I don't want to get sued. I was going to say, I'll, um, I'll just have, I'll have Carl throw a bleep over that. Yeah. <laughs> throw, throw a little owl noise. Or whatever. Uh, but um, Jason, I mean, that, and that's why Philly's such a great sports city. And most of the people who play here, when their career's over, they stay here. Yeah. So, uh, but Jason Kelsey, in the, he lives here. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't go anywhere else in the off season. He lives here and he, he has a, uh, the lady who cuts his hair, uh, her husband is a part of the Mummers Brigade. And he's like, hey, you know, I want, can you find me a, an outfit that I could probably wear, possibly wear for the parade? And his his hairstylist's husband went to the Mummers Museum and got him that Mummers outfit because he knew that was like the right thing to do to celebrate in Philly. And the cool thing about that whole parade is 
there's a lot of members of the Philadelphia, oh, I'm going to get fucking teary-eyed here, <laughs> fucking uh, members of the Philadelphia Eagles who wore jerseys of past players as, oh, a, that's awesome. as, a, as, as a sign of respect to the, the players who, you know, killed it, you know, for, you know, who were legends of Philly and never got a chance to win a Super Bowl. You know, uh, you know, somebody was wearing Reggie White. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Long wore yeah. it. And Allen Iverson jersey, which, you know, I know isn't Eagles, but Allen Iverson should have won at least one NBA Finals. Here oh, in for sure. For sure. You know, he, he's legendary for the, the step over in the Lakers game. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jason Kelsey, man. Talk about a guy who this city... When he decides to retire, we will erect a statue to that man. Yep. And I'll, I will, I want to give the first dollar towards the crowdfunding for it. If the city decides they don't want to, I will, you know, pay, gladly, you know, pay money for that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. His speech, and, and, is, uh, his speech is so good, man. No one likes us. We don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine a more Philadelphia thing to be saying at any time in, in the world. When, when they win the Super Bowl, uh, I was at Donnie and Bev's house, and so we're like, for the pre-world discovered Donnie and Bev's house, so we're watching live on the news, like the pre-pre-aid, like uh, Donnie and Bev live right off the lived right off the, the parade route, so it's just like, go out the door and make a right, you know? Yeah. So we're watching, and you see Jason Kelsey <laughs> on live TV, you know, shaking hands with people, you know, going... No one likes us. We don't care. We're from Philly. Fucking Philly. On live TV going, <laughs> fucking Philly. Oh, shit. I'm the, looking at a photo of Chris Long right now in the Iverson jersey holding the WWE yeah. championship that was given to them after they won the Super Bowl with the Eagles plates on it. That's yep. fucking rad, man. Yeah. And uh, I posted the photos because uh, a couple days ago was like four-year anniversary of the parade. Now I caught a photo of Chris Long holding up the the WWE belt along with Doug Peterson holding up the Lombardi. Oh, that's awesome, man! Probably one of the greatest days of my life. You yeah, know, just um, and I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just sports, but sports is such a great distraction from real life. You yeah, know? yeah, dude. You know, I mean, imagine just being going through whatever you're going through. You know, work, bills. You know. Uh, I have to get my you know, car repaired. I have to get get a tooth pulled. You got all this weight. But you know what? Fuck it. Let me watch. I can't wait to watch the Eagles. Oh, I can't wait to, wa wait to watch the Sixers. I can't wait, can't wait to watch the Phillies or Flyers or the Union, you know? Yeah. You know, the Union did great last year. You know, um, it's a great distraction. And the Phillies, one of the best sports cities in the world, just because we're the, the blue collar, busted knuckle, you know, bring your baloney sandwich in a lunch pail city, you know? Yeah. That's why we loved the Broad Street Bullies. That's why we loved, you know, Buddy Ryan, even though he didn't win us a championship, you know? It was his attitude that, you know, he could have ran for mayor and won, you know? Yeah. But um, Jason Kelsey is that man. He He's, you look at him, you go, you go, that man's a hard worker. He comes from a blue collar family. Yep. And you, he knows what the the meaning of a dollar is, you know. So I want to. I'm, I'm begging for him one one day to walk into a bar and find him, you know. There, oh, I want to buy that man a beer. But um, I'm glad Jason Kelsey's coming back. Um, at least one more year. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
again, sorry, we're, we're turning this into sports talk, but if the Eagles can just go out and get a veteran wide receiver, you know, and some some stud defensive players, because there was a lot of games last year, they were, I mean, they lost, you know, a lot of games by, you know, three points or, you know, less, you know by at least three points or a touchdown or less. If they could just get like a lockdown middle linebacker and get a veteran wide receiver for you know Jalen Hurts to throw to, I think right. they I don't think they'll be in the uh, the contention. I uh, I'm really hoping I'm hoping that they will be able to pull it off again this year. I don't know as 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 in all things, friends, I yeah. remain cautiously optimistic for Philadelphia sports. Meaning, oh yeah, yes. Would you like to ask Meanie? I would love to. Ask me something. And don't forget to tweet us your questions at Mind of the Meaning using the hashtag Ask Meanie so we can ask your questions live on the air and play these noises. I can't remember what regular air smells like. <laughs> Let's go to the top here. Let's find out where we are. Mark and Dryden's got two questions for us again this week. And uh, awesome. I'm gonna, so I'm going to start with the first one here. If Randy Savage had shown up in ECW, who would be his top three people to feud or have matches with? I think one wrestler is obvious, but what about the others? P.S. It's Shane Douglas. Yeah, it is Shane Douglas. Before he uh, even finished that question, I was like, oh, it had to be Shane Douglas, mm -hmm. you know? Just because, you know, Shane Douglas, former multiple-time ECW champion. And they, the awesome thing about if Randy Savage showed up, Randy, you know, grew up in the territory systems. You know, you hear about when Randy went to Smoky Mountain, you know, and he did the uh, the favor for, you know, uh, Johnny Canine, like uh, Jim Cornette was going to book, you know, a disqualification where, you know, and Randy was like, he's your top guy, right? You know, your top people, oh, right? Oh, a cup of coffee. But Savage went to Cornette and it's like, hey, here's your top heel. And Cornette was like, yeah. He's like, I, I'll put him over. And and, he, and Randy Savage laid down for Bruiser Bedlam. Wow. Which led to another funny story where uh, Bruiser was wrestling somebody up in Michigan and the guy was like, kind of scoffed at the idea of losing. And then the guy's like, hey, buddy, hey, bro, Randy Savage put me over, but you can't put me over. Hey, buddy. You know, just... <laughs> And the guy's like, oh, God, Bruiser's going to kill me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, Randy Savage in ECW. Oof, man. Dude. Um, now, now, let me ask talk this. Talk about what? Before you, before you go on, it, was there actually, sure. maybe I'm not aware of this, but, like, was there actually talk of the possibility of Randy Savage showing up? I never heard okay. of that. But there, there, there was talks of having Vader come in for a second. Um, Whoa! I don't even I don't even know if that was public knowledge, but you know, Paul was talking about it. Breaking news. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm here's Meanie's shitty movie reviews. Uh, no, that there was talk of uh, uh, Vader coming in, maybe do something with Mick in the early days of ECW, and. Uh, I guess maybe this was the Roadkill tour or whatever, but uh, and Mick was just like, ah, I don't see it, you know, because he <laughs> really didn't want to, you know, because he, I mean, he been he had been in battles with Vader, 
you know, but I, I'm not a hundred percent sure how close it was to really happening, but there was talks of Vader coming in. Randy Savage, no talks. I, I'd never heard anything of it. Uh, but dude, talk about monstrous pops. That would have got, uh, I mean, Pillman showed up. Yeah. Huge, huge ovation. Uh, Arn Anderson, and Bobby Eaton showing up in ECW. A monstrous pop. You know, uh, Rick Rude. Oh, yeah. The best thing about Rick Rude's debut was it was, he didn't even hit music. It was just, you just heard his voice and you knew. You, you heard, it's a new year, Shane Douglas. And the crowd just went, <gasps> you just knew. It, yeah. They knew that voice. And he came out with the Rey Mysterio mask on. <laughs> Because, uh, you know, just to uh, hide it, I don't know if he had a Lloyd's of London uh, thing going on or yeah. whatever, but he eventually, you know, we had like a post-show meeting and uh, like on the, on the same stairs as uh, Beyond the Mat and that nothing, it was just like he brought us in and, and he had, uh, he wanted us to, you know, thank Rick for coming in, which, you know, yeah. Again, you know, Rick added credibility, and uh, Rick pulled off the mask for like a, a second because he knew it was around the boys, you know. But you know, you know, he was always worried that there was some kind of stooge going to take a photo of him and get his insurance thing canceled or whatever. Not that he was taking bumps or anything; he was right. just managing. He was, yeah, he, that was what he did for the rest of his career, for what I understood. Yeah, but uh, also, you know, the the I mean, the fans knew it was him. But you yeah. know, the, to save that surprise as well, even though it wouldn't have been a surprise because we all knew it was rude. But uh, dude, if Randy Savage came to WWE, just opening notes of pomp and circumstance, <sighs> or just a oh yeah, just something, yeah, just enough to tease, uh, uh, yeah, yep. So you're thinking, freak you're thinking, out, freak out. <laughs> you're thinking Shane Douglas, and then who would your other two be? Hmm. Oh man, that's a good question. So Liam uh, said, "Dreamer, Taz, and Douglas." Do you agree with those that assessment? I could see a I could see a pretty solid program with Dreamer. It'd be it'd be hard with Dreamer because they'd be both be baby faces. Yeah, you'd have to turn them. And you'd have to turn one. And, ta and Taz is a baby face too, but Shane was the ultimate heel. Could I? But you know like, I don't know if I I don't know if I could see Taz's style. Taz, I could see I could I could see Savage and uh, Raven. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a nice Ray, psychological one. Randy Savage in ECW is no way he's going to be a fucking heel. Not a chance. Because he's just not not a fucking chance. So you got to get the top heels. You know, you know, uh, like I said, Shane Douglas, Raven, you know, Dreamer and Savage would be a tag team, you know? Yeah. Um, I'd say Bigelow, but, you know, mm. I'm sure that, that that already that might have happened. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to look it but up. But I'm trying to think of like the top homegrown heels. I could see him you know, and uh, him and Rob having a really solid program though, too. Oh my god. Or how about this? Randy Savage and uh, Mike Awesome. Yeah. You know. Fucking Mike Awesome was so good. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was uh, like it, it, like it annoys me good. what W it annoys me what WCW did to him. Yeah. With the the whole ladies man and the, the groovy <sighs> yeah well actually so let's let's jump into mark and dryden's next question because it's kind of we could use sure. this part with mike awesome 
Um, yeah. If you believe what is on video or written, Taz's WWF, mm -hmm. excuse us, WWE run was doomed after or during his debut at the 2000 Royal Rumble. What are your guys' opinions on this? And do you think it would have been as good, better, or worse if he went to WCW instead? What do you mean, doomed because he got the most over pop at the Royal Rumble? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not sure how it was doomed. I don't know if it was necessarily doomed, but you know, I remember Taz saying that you know he came back from the. Taz said he knew he was kind of like uh oh because like he came back and you know Brooklyn Brawler was like man you got a pop out there, and he kind of felt like that might have got him a little bit of heat just for the reaction he got at the Royal Rumble just coming in. Uh, he he wasn't necessarily a WWE creation. Yeah, that, that that that's definitely a theme. If you WWE didn't create your character, then they're not going to be as invested. Well, you you can't you know with the exception of the Dudley Boys who, you know, you know killed it with the APA literally and figuratively. Well, you know, I uh, I think DD I mean DDP told me the same thing. You know, he his idea when he came into WWE he was like, I want to go, I want to fight the Rock. He's like, for me, it's People's Champ versus People's Champ. And yeah. they had no interest in doing it, which I thought was the money, the money move. Like, where do you go? Where do you transition to after Hogan? Literally DDP. Like that yeah. made the most sense to me, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no. You didn't cut me off. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a matter of just being, uh, when you're in the thick of things, when you're in the, in the, in the meetings, you know, or you're in, you're in the shit as they say in war. Because, you know, this is, I guess, it's right after the, the, no, this is still during the Monday Night Wars, I think. Yeah, you know, this was, and, uh, well, 2000, yeah. I, and then they had Taz, Taz won the ECW belt for Mike Awesome in Indiana. And then they had an ECW versus WWE match on Raw. And uh, Vince even said, you know, looking back at it, I don't know, I probably should have done something different. Like a schmaz know? ending or something like that, yeah. Yeah, do something where Taz and Triple H have a competitive match. There's a like a kind of a non-finish where you elevate the ECW belt in the eyes of the public, so they're the people are more willing to go over and look at ECW as well. Right, you know, he could have done lending credibility, but I think in his mind, you know, again, not defending because it's not my business, but right. creatively, he could have been Great. looking at it like, hey, I'm you know, I'm in the I'm in the thick of war right now. And I have to look as, you know, top dog. I mean, at that point, though, I mean, the war was kind of already, the war was kind of already over at that point, though, right? But, but at that point, you could still build up ECW to be, and try to and try to position ECW as a number two. Right. You know, my, my enemy's enemy is my friend. And uh, not that, you know, uh, ECW was an enemy of WWE. Vince was, you know, help funding WWE. He was helping fund ECW, and he gave us, a ton of notoriety with, you know, barely legal and helped promote us and stuff like that and gave us a rub. But in, in, at the, in that moment, it kind of buried ECW where, okay, Taz lost and then the, Tommy Dreamer ran in and got beat, you know, beat up a little bit. If it, it could have just been like a little schmoz at the end with a non-finish, you know, uh, just a brawl where, you know, double disqualification. Yeah, something, you know, something different, you know, yeah. It, it, the belt's not losing credibility. You're actually given the belt, 
easy to be a little bit of credibility. And, you know, if you know Tommy Dreamer comes out looking strong, right? Not that he looked weak, but just the booking wasn't right. You know, it, it could have done a lot more favors for ECW. Yeah, I don't, I, I, again, I never, and I, he asked you guys, so hi, I'm going to answer this question too, if that's, uh, of course. If that's good with you guys. Um, I don't necessarily know that I thought that Taz was doomed from the 2000 Rumble. Um, yo, dude, great shirt. <laughs> I just realized what you were wearing. Fantastic shirt, yeah. man. I love it. Um, yeah. I, uh, for the folks, folks listening at home, I'm wearing a Foley, uh, Foley, Ramones t-shirt. Uh, Ramones style t-shirt with Cactus, Mick, Dude, and Mankind as oh, the man. names. I got it. Wherever you cop that, let me know because I got to pick one of those up. Um, uh, it, this, uh, go ahead. No, 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 no. That's uh, fine. Where did you Where did you get that? It might be a, um, I think this might be a one-off. I think it was with a Pro Wrestling Crate or something like oh, that. Oh, no so. shit. Dude, that's fucking I rad I, though. I don't know if it's available anymore, but uh, the, I'm going to look it up. No, no, no. Duh. Hey, man. I missed, I missed the boat on that one. Um, I don't know if I would say that Taz was, at least in my opinion, I don't think he was. I think the Triple H match hurt him way more, you know, and hurt, yeah. you know, quote unquote, hurt him way more than the Rumble. Um, but I definitely don't think he would have done any better. He probably would have done worse in WCW because remember at that point, like we're in 2000 mode, right? We're WCW or we're NWO 2000. We're Vince Russo, New Blood. Like I don't, comparatively, when I'm glad you mentioned Mike Awesome because comparatively to what they did with Mike Awesome, at least they let Taz be Taz in WWE, right? Like they let yeah. him be the the human suplex machine. They let him keep his gimmick. Whereas like Mike Awesome was this ass kicking machine in ECW. Yeah. And then yeah. they move him over there and it's like, oh, this ladies man bullshit. You know, I, I don't know. I I well, don't, I, I don't feel they would have been, it would have been any better in WCW. What do you think? No, it's a it's a catch twenty two because yeah they they ruined Mike Awesome but then they let Public Enemy be be Public Enemy right so if they would have let had Taz come in and you know Vince Russo you know a fellow New Yorker with uh, Taz <laughs> oh you know, yeah mm, maybe you're right there's the uh, the the New York connection there between you know Russo and Taz he might have pushed him like a, a UFC fighter you know you know Taz was our answer to the UFC yeah. So he could have been, you know, that's why they brought in Paul Varlins to, you know, put Taz over on the UFC guy. But, um, yeah, I, he could have done well in, in WCW, but in hindsight, 2020, that only would have, you know, lasted, you know, until WCW eventually went out of business. Yeah. And then he probably would have had to go over to WWE anyway. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, everybody's an expert with 2020 hindsight. So <laughs> that's why I stopped like shitting on the invasion, right? Like, cause like I used to, I used to be like, oh man, it's fucking terrible, man. I hate it. I can't believe what they fucking did, but it's like, what would I have done? But you know what I mean? Like, what would I have done in that position when you don't have, I, I think like they even say it on some of the documentaries too. They're like, everybody has these expectations where it's going to be like Kane and the Undertaker versus, you know, um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and, Goldberg versus well, Kevin, Austin. And like, none of those guys were available. None of those guys were going to buy those contracts out. So like, what were they supposed to do? I don't know. Kevin Nash had the best line. He's like, I went home, sat on my couch. My wife was like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to sit here and get paid a million dollars to drink beer and watch wrestling. Yeah. Why would you do anything I, else? I, you know, I would have done the exact same thing. It's like, it's like a, finding a, a lottery ticket. You know? Oh, yeah. 
for that kind yeah. of money? I mean, those, those contracts were those contracts were guaranteed for like two or three more years or something insane like that. Why would yep. anybody come do that? You know, I mean, for the love of the game, I guess. But at the end of the day, like you know, a lot of those guys were taking buyouts. I mean, Bruce has talked about it in depth. Bruce, friend of the show, Bruce Pritchard. Um, yes. Also, if you're listening, Meanie for the Hall of Fame. Um, I, uh, I, I would have done the same thing, man. Like they're taking huge cuts on these contracts to come in. I don't know what, what diamond Dallas pages cut looked like when he took the, the buyout, but I don't know, man. I, I don't think it would have been, I, maybe it would have been better, but it's a lot easier to look at things. 2020. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the next one. Russell is asking, when are you coming to the UK? Oh, dude, I would love to come over to the UK. I love it over there. Um, the last time I was over there was actually for American football. Went to the uh, Eagles-Jaguars game. Um, but for wrestling, uh, I would love to. I did like a mini tour. Uh, it was like uh, Carlisle, Manchester, London, and, and one under town. I did like four shows in four days. And then that was amazing. Um, yeah, dude, I, I'd love to. Uh, it's just weird with everything going on the pandemic you know i see guys going overseas all the time I'm like how are they doing this you know? yeah. <laughs> i thought i thought everybody i thought everybody was on lockdown you know <laughs> you know i you know scotty uh scotty too hot he's you know globe trotting right now and i'm i'm so happy for him because i love that i love scotty but like he's uh, he's going all over the world i'm like I thought I thought we were on lockdown. I, you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but dude i would love to go to the uk i love england um Fucking it, 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 you know, a, a town like Manchester reminds me of South Philly. Just the uh, uh, or Doncaster when we were doing one PW, you know, the crowd was chanting. I was like, man, this is like an ECW crowd. This is like South Philly right here. You know, just passionate people. Uh, you know, no bullshit. Mm -hmm. But the, there's no bullshit with the UK crowd. I love them. You know, uh, here's a funny thing. Uh, we were, I, we might've been in Newcastle I was tagging with gold dust and, and the crowd was chanting at me, you fat bastard. Aww. Right. But with the accent, I thought they were saying you fuck Dustin. <laughs> so I started signaling like, no, no. And doing the, 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 I was like, no, because we're in the attitude. All right. I was doing the. The fucking, but no, I don't fuck Dustin, you know? <laughs> I get the back door like, no, they were saying you fat bastard. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. That totally confuses what, uh, <laughs> that my message, reaction. That message did not come across the way I thought it did. No. Oh, I'm glad I funny. didn't go, no. <laughs> <laughs> that one's exclusive for the Patreon. Oh, that my one. God. Yeah, you'll have to go back and watch the video for that one, friends. Uh, let's see here. Grand Nothing asks, Meanie, what was your favorite moment in ECW? Oh, God. All of it. Yeah. I mean, talk about storybook, you know, a couple of years. You know, if it wasn't for ECW, I wouldn't be here doing mine of the Meanie. I wouldn't have been in WWE. Yeah. You know, I would just, I probably would have done it for a few years and then maybe going back to working in the casinos. Who knows? Um, but yeah, all of it, you know, I, I, I used to go to ECW as a fan. Like I've said many times, you can 
watch some of those old tapes and see me in the crowd. And then uh, right up till uh, like a couple weeks before I debuted. I, I posted this uh, a couple weeks ago. It was um, Rey Mysterio and Psychosis debuted. And you can see my the back of my head in the in the bleachers. You know, two weeks later or three weeks later, I was debuting. Wow! Not knowing, yeah. You know, because I, I I went and wor- worked the show for Norm and Raven got the idea and all this stuff and it's crazy. You know, but uh, my favorite moment in ECW, uh. Obviously, it was you know debuting, and you, know, you could talk. To, I'll take BWI out of the equation because you know that's obvious. You know, I got the the belt right behind my head here. Uh, it would have to be Kiss, just because a lot of people still talk about it to this day. Um, you know, even you know, I just saw the Kiss Demon recently at Icons Convention, and uh, he was kind enough to you know put over the fact that you know. I did a good gene and stuff like that, and he's he's in he's in depth with the uh, the kiss camp too. So uh, probably don't kiss, you know. Even uh, you know Jericho put it over in one of his books. You know, it's one of his favorite things to watch in ECW. He's like, look at these goofballs, you know. <laughs> My favorite thing about doing the kiss thing is um, we debuted it the night before at Lulu Temple in the Plymouth meeting. And uh, I got the wrong kind of face paint. I got the grease paint. Oh, no. So, Sting, Road Warriors, all those guys use acrylic paint. And I had normally been using acrylic paint anyway for the, my raccoon eyes. And Nova uses acrylic paint for his eye, the star on his face. But for whatever reason, I went out and got acrylic paint thinking, you know, and it's hot as hell. It's summertime. So we're painting our faces and we're sweating. Ah. Uh. So like the black and the white mixing together to this gray thing, and we're having to wash our face and reapply. It got to the point where we said, "Fuck it!" We just put painted our faces and stood in the meat locker. That they had a walk-in meat locker at Lulu Temple, you know, in their kitchen. So like when it was up, somebody ran up, knocked on the door. Your music's playing, and we ran out to the ring. And then Nova got the idea. No, tomorrow we'll get the uh, the acrylic Liquitex, paint our faces up, and. um that my one of my favorite my we're, we're we're getting ready to go out and I put Gene Simmons you know spits blood and he does the fireball but I there's no way I'm spitting fire but I can't spit the blood the way he did because it's all so thick so I did like a, like a tribute to Muda so I run out there and I do the the, the spray of the mist but I, I put it in my mouth like a, a couple moments too early so I'm sitting there and Shane Douglas has come over. Meanie, I love your, I love the faint, you know, and I'm trying like, mm. <laughs> you know, I couldn't talk because I had the blood in my mouth. So we go out and I do it, and just to watch the secondary reaction from the crowd. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd's chanting, "We want kiss," because they, had, most of them, seen, I seen it the night before. Uh, we come out. There's the initial reaction. Uh, I wish we would have got JT Smith to do the Fargo strut with us because we did the Fargo strut as kiss. I wish we could have got JT because JT Smith introduced us. I wish we could have got him to do the strut with us. We did the strut, but uh, what, what, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But when we hit the ring, everybody's going crowd. I do the the um, the Muda miss straight up, like as a mix between the blood and the fire. The Gene Simmons said, 
and just a secondary reaction to watching people watch the plume of red go up was really cool. Yeah. The the photographer side ringside hated it. I'm sure. But uh, I'm sure. Yeah, they uh, wanted the shot in the ring. Yeah, they wanted to get to get you there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. They guy sprayed with the mist. Oh. Oh no. Man. Like when the volcano erupts, there's that fallout that you settles around it. I was like, oh, but like, man, like dude. Yeah, George Napolitano and George DeHandis were like, thanks, Meanie. You know, because <laughs> I, I uh, stained their clothing with my the, the uh, food coloring I was, I was spraying. <laughs> but uh, and then you know, and then Sandman runs out. And, yeah, you know, I fed him the line. I was like, you know, get on the mic and go. I want to kick your ass tonight, <laughs> which got another pop. You know, that's my is that's my my favorite point up until what Sandman ran out. Because <laughs> at that point I was I was I had enough of those cane shots. Oh you know? God, yeah. Those they, they, I, even now to this day when I watch somebody take that Singapore cane man or the kendo stick, yeah. I, I, there, there, there's fucking no good way to take that, is there? It's it. it well, I I I've, I quickly learned that to to deaden the the cane shot, the best way to take it is get in as close as you can to him. Yeah, because the closer to the handle he hits you with, the less it hurts. Because <sighs> at least it bends. If he yeah. hits you with the 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 head of the kendo stick, it's like a Louisville Slugger. Oh God! But God. like that, he, dude, he'd hit me with, like with the part near the handle, and it would bend, go over my back, and rip skin off my back. Oh my God! Yeah, you know, there's a lot of like last showers. I had a lot of. Ouchies and oochies. Each ouch, ouch, ooh, oh my yeah. God. I we I don't know where we we found a kendo stick or what I think a cane, whatever you want to call it. We found one when we were just I don't know where we were. We were out and about in our town somewhere, and my brother found it and brought it home. And we were like, all right, who's gonna be the sandman and who's gonna take this shot? And my brother hit me across the back with it, like literally like diagonal across the back. I can still, I can feel my skin right now. It's standing up yeah. from the just the the sheer pain shock oh my shock yeah like and there's no way there just is no way to good way to take it i can't or even like a leather strap like i can't imagine taking a a hit like that over and over and over again people say how do you fake that you don't it's just you do it oh god do it you just gotta Uh, take it man we we have a collection of canes which uh uh mrs meanie was uh christmas salmon or uh, at a convention. <laughs> That's great. And uh, she, uh, we, we were doing icons at the the arena. And Sam answered, and she 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 bleached her hair like him. Uh, you know how he has the tattoo of his face mm-hmm. on his arm, his bicep. She made a, a, a temporary tattoo of her own face as the Sandman and put it on her arm. <laughs> Sandman's got the Bob wire tattoo around his arm and said that she had Christmas lights. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. T- temporary tattoo Christmas light. And the Singapore cane, she painted like a candy cane. So it was a candy cane instead of a Singapore <laughs> cane. Sandman saw that and he popped so huge. He's like, you know, meanie, I was coming here. I was like, ah, I'm gonna, but I saw that she gave me a jolt of electricity. She gave me a, yeah, <laughs> it's great. So we, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm looking over at her, her candy cane that's wrapped in, uh, not Bob wire, but Christmas lights. That's so amazing, that's pretty man. Cool. Yeah. That's so good. We got a couple more questions for you here. Uh, Pod Squad member Andy Schlichter wants to know what are meanie's secrets, obviously, besides Manscaped, use promo code meanie20, uh, to yeah. succeed on Valentine's Day? 
just uh, you know, I, I, I was raised with women, so it's just like you know, I, I was raised by my grandma, I'm raised by my mom, lived with, with lived with a sister, just uh, just be genuine, you know, just uh, they, they always say women love the jerk, but you know, just if you can make a woman laugh, you know, and be witty, you know, not overly like, <laughs> hey, you know. Don't be Jerry Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't be Jerry Lewis <laughs> about <laughs> it. You know, have some manners. Have some goddamn manners. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hold the door. Yeah. Push in her chair. Let let the waiter take her order first. You know, uh, ask her what she wants, what she would like to drink, where she would like to go. You know, make it, make it her day. Yep. You know? Yeah. Just, uh, dude, I, my grandmom raised me, you know, you're walking down the street with your, your, your date, make sure you're, you're walking on the side of the, the street street. And I was like, why is that? She's like, well, if a car jumps the thing, you know, you'll get hit for <laughs> or something like that, yeah. you know, or, yeah. or, uh, or somebody drives through a puddle, you'll get splashed instead of her, you know, you'll be, you'll be the protector of the woman, you know, my grandmom raised me on all those things, you know, ways to protect the woman and stuff like that. So, and that just translated into my everyday life. You know, if I'm walking down the street with Mrs. Meany, I always take the, uh, the street side of the sidewalk or stuff like that, you know, just different things, you know, but you know, it's, just, it's, it's, that's not something that's put on. It's just something that's ingrained. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't, but, uh, don't overthink it. Yeah. Just like, just do it. Yeah. Just be natural. Yeah. Show vulnerability. Show vulnerability. You know, the guys. Some guys try to be macho and overcompensating, and sometimes that's a real turnoff. It's a real put off, not only to your date but just the people around you. Look at this guy. You know, look yeah. at this asshole. You know, don't be that guy. Don't be the guy where people go, oh, "Look at this fucking asshole." Yeah, don't be me. Right. <laughs> Look at this fucking crow. Who the fuck is this guy? This guy is not Josh Chernoff. I tuned into this yeah. fucking show. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, uh, yeah, now those are all great advice. All fantastic tips. Uh, last, yeah. last question for this week. Anderson asks, yes. one more match. Six-man tag. You, Stevie, and Nova. Any promotion, anybody, who would it be? Oh, this is something we've, I was just talking about it recently with Nova. We're still pissed about it. We're still really kind of annoyed about by, uh, you know, when Chikara was still a thing. They had the King of Trios. Yeah, and uh, they brought they finally brought us in for King of Trios. And Mike Quackabush goes, the BWO was the most requested six man tag for King of Trios ever. And you know, we're like. And he had us like lose in the first round. And we're like, what? And uh, I was like, dude, they missed me and Nova were just talking about this. They missed the fucking boat. It could have been, they could have had BWO versus the Bullet Club. Oh, man. Because BWO was in King of Trios that year. And the Bullet Club, it was the Young Bucks and AJ Styles. And we did, there's, there's a video on Whoa. YouTube where. Hold the phone. Yeah. They had the opportunity to do the Blue World Order and the yeah. Bullet Club with the Young Bucks and AJ Styles. Yes. 
after he told you that the BWO was the most requested three King of Trios mat tag group. Yeah. How? Right. How, Sway? How? I don't, I don't get it. It's it, like he has, you know, Quack's like pre-show speeches were like this, like supposed to be his phenomenal thing. And he, he, he said that in front of the whole locker room. You know, BWO, uh, thank you for being here. You're the most requested trios or whatever. And stuff. Hey, even if you had to lose to them in the first round to the, the Bullet Club, that would have been, been something. But there was that dream match you could have had. And they squandered it, you know. Unbelievable. Like genuine, genuine unbelievable right now. B, B, BWO was a derivative of the NWO and the Bullet Club kind of did all the NWO stuff with the two sweet and all that stuff. We could have had the two sweet off or whatever, anything. Oh my, you, God. I, <laughs> oh my God. And and there, there's a video somewhere on YouTube of us from Jakar and like we're kind of like playing off the, the fact that the, the Bullet Club was watching us do our promo. Yeah. Like we're doing the promo in this room and everybody, it's in the locker room, everybody's there and AJ and the Bucks are right off to our right and we were like, you know, you know, we did something where we were like pointing them out, you know. It, you don't see them on camera, but we reference them in our promo. I was like, we we can have a super kick party. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie does the super kick. The Bucks do the super kick. Like to you me, know? dude, to me, like that just seems, how do you fucking, how do you not do that? It was there. It was literally right there. I am angry now. Add me in to this three-man tag with you and Nova and Adam being fucking pissed about this because that could have been big money, dude. And that's kind of the reason why, like, me and Stevie and Nova are like, man, should we, do we even want to keep doing Indies as a six-man? Because, you know, just they just bring, oh, come on in and lose to our local team. It's like, nah, you know what? How about this? How about we just call it a day, preserve our legacy? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know, I'll still do Indies. You know, those guys, you know, Nova's doing wonderful things as a, as a, he runs a couple banks. He, he just recently won a couple awards. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. Uh, Stevie's doing fantastic stuff with his fitness line, you know, Stevie Richards Fitness. You know, I'm doing, uh, you know, I'm doing mine and the meanie. I'm still doing Indies. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still making surprise appearances here and there, you know. We're all doing our thing, but you know, we got a, uh, you know, we're in a video game. We're in, uh, you know, Retromania Wrestling, which is right here. Uh, I'm looking at a photo of us on the side of a, a cabinet. Which was just on the Price is Right, by the way. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for remembering that. You know, I, I was t literally on the, well, technically, that's the second time I was on the Price is Right set, <laughs> but uh, uh, the first time uh, I snuck on. Um, <laughs> A uh, quick story. I posted a photo of me with the Price is Right wheel. Uh, I have a friend, uh, Big John. Big John was used to be a indie wrestler. Then he got hurt, but he started doing security for guys like Brett Michaels, Saliva, all these rock bands. So I was like, hey, and I was out in California at the time. He's like, hey, man, I'm with Saliva. We're doing the Craig Hib Kilborn show. You want to oh, come wow. check us out? You want to come check us out? Sure. So he, he walks me through security, takes me up to the green room and I'm hanging out with saliva and I watched him perform and we're trying to leave the building and we get lost and we literally walked out onto the Price is Right set and we're like, holy shit, 
So I had a camera with me. So I took a photo, you know, I took a photo with the wheel. I took a photo of them with the wheel. I took a photo in contestant's row, you know, in the uh, showcase showdown. And uh, it was pretty cool. And uh, like, I think it, a security guard might have been like, oh, okay. These guys are going, all right. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. So then, you know, flash forward, you know, two weeks ago, they give away an iArcade arcade with Retro Mania Wrestling on the cover on the Price is Right in the, in the Showcase Showdown. Right. Or no, it wasn't in the show. It was, a, it was in um, Contestants Row when yeah. they were doing the, the initial. But yeah, that, that was still pretty cool. So, you know, the BWOs on, in this video game, uh, we have a line of figures coming out from Cello, which I sent you a, a kayfabe copy. I, yeah. <sighs> Can't wait. Which, uh, Can't wait to pick them up. Here, I'll, I'll do a, an exclusive for the Pod Squad if you're watching. Since you're, well, for for our Patreon, <laughs> right? Is. Let's uh, let's and see. for and for anyone else who's not in the Patreon group, I can't remember what regular Arsenal is like. It's your fault. You're not here. Sign up today. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Mind of the Mini. Uh, stall for a second. Let yeah. Hey, listen, man. Listen, I am excited. I I agree though. I think that in in the grand scheme of things. It's almost like if that's what most of the companies, the indies are going to do, like why, why bother? You know, why bother? So doing if, it? so if you're at Mind and the Meanie, I mean at patreoncom slash Mind and Meanie, this is what the uh, BWO three pack is going to look like. Well, it's not a three pack, but let me see. There you go, right there is good. Yep. There Holy shit! I cannot wait. Cannot wait so to a, pick those up, man. Cannot that's an wait. Exclusive. Yeah. I'm but, so excited. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're just about to preserve our, we're we're just about preserving our legacy now. But instead of just going out and losing to every you know local whatever, but not that there's a problem with doing the job. But like if I'm going to do a job, it's going to be to the fucking Bullet Club. Yeah, you know. So so here's the question now: Who would it be? Would it still be the Bullet Club, or would it be somebody else now? <sighs> I I have a friend who's a promoter, Julian. Out in the Midwest, and he, he he was dead set on doing NWO versus BWO, but you know the NWO guys aren't wrestling anymore. But uh, fantasy booking, um, oh, I loved it. Then you know BWO against. Let me see, because who are the, you know, like a proper six man? I mean, there's the Freebirds, of course. Yeah, I would love to have wrestled Terry Gore. Well, I kind of did work with Terry Gore in ECW. Yeah. 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 But work with those guys, sit under that learning tree. Uh you know, Rock and Roll Express with you know, with Bobby Eaton as a special six man. Cause I'm again, Bobby Eaton's my all time guy. I wish I would have worked with. So imagine the, the Rock and Roll Express with uh Bobby Eaton against the BWO. Yeah. That would have been crazy good, man. That's my good. fantasy, and I, that's my fantasy. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> well, Mini, thank you so much for your time, as always, here and this trip through the mind of the Mini. Tell everyone where they can find you on your socials. Well, when I'm not at McCusker's, you can find me on social media at uh, Blue Mini BWO on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, which I don't know how to use. Uh, you can support me by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. If you want to support the podcast, go to wrestlingtees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. If you want to support this podcast, uh, you can listen each and every Monday. Or if you want to watch us, you know, record in real time, 
and see the stuff we might cut out, uh, go to patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. If you want a, a birthday wish, holiday wish, uh, that a boy wish, uh, go to cameo.com slash blue meanie BWO. I just did a bunch of those this week and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to do and it's good to get those, uh, five star ratings, you know, people, you know, send the feedback. So that's, uh, all the ways of which you can support the blue meaning. How can they support Mr. Adam Bernard? Thank you, sir. You can go on Twitter and Instagram and find me at this is goober. That is my real handle. I'm keeping it and it's a gimmick pal. You can go to uh, follow me on all of my socials at This Is Goober. You can also check out my uh, side project, my side hustle, Foundation Radio, which is my conversation program. Just recently featured uh, WWE Hall of Famer, Rob Van Dam. An incredible conversation. We talk about all kinds of great yes. stuff. Go to foundationradio.net to check that out. You can also go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Pick up a shirt, support the show. Meanie, thank you so much for your time as always. Don't forget to join the pod squad. Thank you. Pod squad, thank you so much. Patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Join us today for the blue meanie. I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip through the mind of the meanie. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Mini's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.